I have to start recording right now because that's the best. That's the best Brian Callen I've ever done. <laughs> I'm nailing it right now. Oh my God, that's good. Pull it off during the podcast, but let me say this. God, I'm handsome. The Caliendo Cast with Frank Caliendo, John Holmberg, Scott Long, and the rest of the Caliendo crew. It's the most important podcast in the history of Western civilization. What I really want to do is kill all the fat people. (laughs) That's what we're going to do. We're going to kill the chunks. Too bad chunk and kill isn't alliteration. They're both hard C's. One's a hard C. One's a ch. Believe it or not, I, in an alternate universe, I crush that. I had it going. John had a different Callan going, and then his Callan surpassed my Callan. (laughs) No, it did. did. It's one of those moments I just, I started to get really annoyed (laughs) when, when, when John's. Frankie, come on. We don't have to worry about that. We both have big cocks. Oh, <laughs> let me just say this. No, Callan, cock. To me, you barrel-faced man. What's funny is, a lot of times, people uh, would talk over each other on Zoom and it would be painful. But no, right no. now, it was Callan. destroying. Great, great, great. It's nonstop. Once you start, you can't stop. I bet uh, you you could do a good one, Scott, because you've got the natural rap. Yeah, you're close. Yeah, but I don't know if I could do it. I'm not as cool as you guys. And You're cool. I'm better. Trust me. Here's the problem that I'm having with the theme we've had lately. Everybody is like in incredible shape that don't – and none of them seem like to like they like to eat. Like Todd McFarlane doesn't eat. Remember right. how he said that? He's, yeah. And then Callan, he's in great shape, and Shaq's in the best shape he's been in a long Wait, time. Shaq is not in great shape. That yeah. one you're – no. Well, I think it was me, just his background. I think it was – I mean, considering he's in a shape, I guess he's right. <laughs> <laughs> a giant globular unit. Just a massive man, a barrel-shaped human being with the legs of a leopard. Are we supposed to be in good shape after this? I don't. I didn't think we were. I thought that this, was part of the fun. I'm always riding. I have a bike underneath my chair. I, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm more Professor Xavier. <laughs> oh. No, I was looking at in one of those news stories, and I'm like, I believe I've gained all of Adele's weight during this pandemic. <laughs> Every. What, like I feel like I've gained 15 pounds. I look in the mirror. It's just, it's depressing. There's the fresh know. 15 and the COVID-19. You know? Yeah, I know. I know. I, just, I, I, don't I, know. I started getting a little out of hand. And I got on the scale and I'm like, I'm not doing my regular workouts like normal. And it's been eight pounds fast. So over the last week and a half, I've, I've cut back about 11. Just, you, you've cut back 11 pounds by doing what? Just eating I less? No, I, well, no, I'm like boxing stuff and biking, but I went through like over the weekend I put, I didn't do much. I boxed a little bit. I didn't have much work, but I mean, are you training somewhere now? Are you able to doing it at the house with Megan? 
Yeah, I just kicked the shit out of her for 15 rounds. I do it Listen, seven. if you're not going to bring me that Dr. Pepper on time. I mean, I'm almost out now, and I don't have anybody here. Wait a second. Is that Diet Coke? I want a Diet Dr. Pepper. Well, it's because the woman of the house hasn't gone to the store. We've got problems. I spent a part of today helping Joey clean his room and trying not to see too much stuff. Well, I don't know. I mean, I was just... Jerk off stuff, you mean? I don't know. Could be a 15-year-old me. I don't want my dad in my room. Ever. Toledo found plates and stuff under his kid's bed. I'm going to tell you right now, there was silverware, uh, paper plates, empty water bottles, empty soda bottles... It's a thing, John. It's a I thing. guess. I don't remember. I remember being really messy, but I never put dishes under stuff. Like this, maybe a dish would be on my nightstand or my dresser or something. Never hidden. Like my clothes just piled up. I just had laundry for fucking piles of laundry. Joey doesn't. Joey doesn't get towels laundered. He uh, he just has towel after towel after towel. And then he doesn't have any towels. So I went into his room. I said, all right, because he always wears the robe around. He does the Hef robe, <laughs> the Jedi Hef. And, okay, uh, how long has this been going on, Frank? I, I, knew, I didn't the know robe this about thing? It's so no. Italian. Oh, you didn't know about that? Yeah, he's, no, no. It's Joey's so Italian. He's Joey, Cali- Joey Salvatore <laughs> Caliendo. Hey, who needs the fucking pants when I got a robe covering up all the important shit anyway? Get off my ass. He's been doing the robe thing for years. Friends would be over. His friends would be over, and he would be outside in a robe. He just doesn't get dressed. Michelle just got really mad at him for not getting dressed today. So I'm like, go get dressed. You have to get dressed. It is annoying. I'm siding with her on this. Go get dressed. So I say, I open up his door, and I'm like, okay, I close the door so he can get dressed. But I come back five minutes later. He's still not dressed. I'm like, why are you not dressed? He said, I can't find any clean clothes. I'm like, well, I'll get you something. Uh, but you have to wear something and you have to get moving. You can't just be walking around in circles in your room, not picking anything up and not getting clothed. Get robe. So, can, I defend, can I defend his genetic makeup a little bit in regards to, Frank, when I first met you, there were times we would be at the improv and you would be wearing pajama pants. Oh. Yeah. A pair of clogs that looked like you thought uh, there's a hole in them from a, a, a lawnmower accident that you told me about. And you'd always wear a Mad TV swag shirt. And that was basically your get up. Right, the, uh, so the Mad TV show. shirt was because I hoped someday Brian Callen would be on this podcast. And he was in the original cast. Uh, no, I was always trying to promote Mad TV, which I was barely on. I, uh, the pajama pants were just easy. People thought they were Zubas. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, I'm way cooler than that. And uh, so, uh, okay, so I had the pajama pants that were uh, um, comfortable. And the clogs, I just didn't like to bend down and put my shoes on. That's pretty simple. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it was a weed whacker accident that okay. was probably the, the issue because I still have a scar on my, um, my ankle. Incident. What was that? The, the weed whacker incidents are... White kids across the world know about the dad made you use that weed whacker for the first time. You about cut your feet off every time. I've got two scars on my ankles from weed whackers. Terrible, terrible product. Wait, is that two different times? No, same one. 
it sliced oh. across one leg, and as I moved it over, I cut up my other. <laughs> it went right across my legs. Cut them did both you, up. Did you have different sounds for each? Oh. I think I literally said, oh, come on, after the second one. <laughs> <laughs> you That's think so Michael funny. Winslow even turns on his weed whacker or he just walks down the street making the noise? I mean, the I weed would just fall like, off. Yeah. Do you th- I, I get the feeling. Have you ever had him in the studio, John? Oh, yeah. do, I get the feeling he, like he's a guy who would go places and do his sounds. Like yeah. he would be at the um, dentist office going, yeah. He likes to do that, but he's also very, um, he's a strange bird. Yeah, like, strange. Very odd, man. And in a, in a nice way, nothing in a bad way, like a really super nice guy. Yes. But it's just, it's just different than anyone else. He doesn't talk to you. His brain's not doing what normal brains do. So does he... There's a he, going on. Does he maybe talk about flying on pterodactyls or... No. <laughs> he would find Bill Walton odd. And he's up until... Like, he was a top five strangest guy until then. Brian Callen. No, Jose. I'm bringing him in. I thought it was Jose coming and there's brian oh geez look hello at brian the boys He's coming you know what's great john what's Callan that has the worst callan impression his callan doesn't even sound like callan you guys are amazing let me we ask you this brian uh, yeah I, I heard what are you drinking let me just tell you this the other day yeah. i was in my colossal estate yeah of course known as california <laughs> It's all right. Oh, it's I was all attacked by the coronavirus, but I blocked and countered with Callan 19. <laughs> He's you goddamn right. You goddamn right. <laughs> what are you, have you been bugging my fucking house or what? <laughs> my house. And a couple of things just, you guys should know. A couple of things you should know. Number one, I'm drinking my shade grown coffee. It's a strong roast. It's, it's, a, it's a strong roast. I don't, I use the AeroPress. A lot of guys will push it down. They use the French press. Not the kid. The kid lets it just filter through. Brings out the sweetness in the uh, in the coffee berry. And it is a berry. And then I use a little artisan grass-fed raw milk because I like the lactase in it and it keeps the milk sweet. So I'm, I'm sipping on something sweet. The other thing I'm doing is I always have a sheath knife with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In case I got to take out a sentry who's guarding a fort. <laughs> or in case I got a little something, something for you, I keep them in my belt and I say things like this. I go, I go, you want to dance? I got, I got a little something, something for you. So anyway, that's, I want to start this whole thing that way. Now the Brian Callen I know didn't need organic milk. He used his own. <laughs> Goddamn right. I did. <laughs> By the way, is this a good angle for you? Do you guys need me to split my, my iPad? You look good. I don't think there is a bad angle. Yeah. God damn it. That was the right answer. Now I have a boner. What are we going to do with that, guys? I'm just thinking about, like, I wanted to ask the most vague questions. Like, what's it like? You mean being perfect? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What's it, like living, what's it like living this close to the bone? <laughs> that's, my, that's my favorite shit. You know Callan. He lives so close to the bone, bro. I mean, some people can't help but be heroic, I guess. Are you still doing the podcast, Brian, from your house? Or are you guys back in the you, – you, you, you guys all were doing the testing on Rogan's thing. And got yelled at. Hey, bro, I've been, in, I've been in studio. I broke all the rules. I'm underground. I'm outlaw as fuck. I'll punch <laughs> Corona in its goddamn throat. 
You know what I'm saying? So I got Corona, that going. Corona has no ground game. It's got no ground game. I take it to the ground. <laughs> what then? Been brushing up on my jujitsu, by the way, in case you guys are wondering. Hey, could you, could you pronounce working, that again? I'm, no, wait, could you pronounce that again? Uh, well, 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 jiu-jitsu, when, it goes to, when, it, when the fight goes to the ground, it's jiu-jitsu all the way. But um, I train, I train, I, I, don't, I haven't trained Muay Thai in a long time, but jiu-jitsu is my secret garden. Uh, now, you guys know I'm a judoka, a Greco player, do a lot of freestyle. Frank, sorry, that's, uh, that's wrestling terminology. But I've been working my two-on-ones, my underhooks, and my, uh, and my collar ties. Do I remember so, seeing you fight with uh, St- Stallone or Sugar Ray or Sugar Ray Leonard? Sugar was showing me how to go to the body. He was showing oh. me how to go to the body because I had the guts to ask him to tell him <laughs> that every time I try to go to the body, I get caught in the face. Can you give me some pointers? So uh, he he took his time with a fifty three year old actor who will never be in a fight and certainly <laughs> never be in a ring. Uh, competing and told me how to go to the body. And, but uh, Stallone sit, standing behind you, right? Going, yeah, that's pretty good. Stallone was going was standing in the shot. He was right next. He was between us, and he was watching. And it was uh, it was so surreal at his why, house. Why are the three of you in that spot? Well, because whenever whenever Sly has the fights, the kid gets an invite. Oh, you know oh what I mean? me? How did that think to go to Sugar Ray Letter and go? I don't do sugar. <laughs> like you ask him, never show me how that. to go to the body. Wait a second. I well, he had the best. He was chipping. He was chipping. He and Michael Strahan, oh, they were chipping balls. The Stallone's got this little outdoor kind of place, and they were chipping balls onto the green in his backyard, in his palatial backyard. <laughs> and uh, this was after Bill Burr was with. It was me, Bill Burr, and, and Sly. And Bill said, "You've done all right. You've done all right." <laughs> and I said, I said to Sloan, I go, you've been relevant for 40 years. And he goes, I guess I have, huh? And so after that, after we had a laugh, like three men. Oh, and then, and then a guy named Al Pacino, for your younger listeners, they don't know who that is. He came out. That was and, at the uh, same place. Weren't you watching? I thought I saw you watching a movie. or Oh, you were watching the fight a, with Pacino. Fight, yeah. And, um, and Arnold's like, it, it's all crazy. Arnold shows up. He shows up. He's like, all these criminals. I'm not going to sit here. These criminals. <laughs> but 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 Sugar's so cool that he was he was he was chipping really beautifully, and Strahan too. And I was like, you know, they're both amazing athletes. Um, and all you want to do is be friends with both of them. And um, and I said to Sugar Ray, one of the greatest boxers of all time. I said, you play golf, me? And he said, I participate. <laughs> it was so beautiful. So when people ask me if I street fight, if I do MMA, if I fuck, I say things like, I participate. <laughs> Wait a second. You're borrowing from Sugar Ray Leonard on that answer? You're goddamn right I am. <laughs> What's the secret to going to the body as a 53-year-old man? Look, man, it's not about punching. It's where you punch from, John. You know this. You do, I you want to from you. You got to take a step. But the problem is you don't just take a step. You got to create a diversionary tactic. Maybe I throw a jab in your face. Maybe I throw a left hook and touch your glove. I pin your glove, and I'm stepping at the same time. And then, set, set. <laughs> this is the noise I make, Frank, when I, when I box, when I punch. Set. And it's not the same as when I, when I, when I, when I play tennis. Hey. You know, that's, <laughs> hey. You know, I, I over my top, my, my forehand. Do me a favor, both of you. Do me a favor. Don't step on a tennis court with me, obviously. And, of course, never. And if you do and you want to return my serve, 
or 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 my forehead. You guys, are, you guys are in Arizona, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you play me in Arizona and you want to return my top spin, you want to return my forehand or my 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 serve, be somewhere in Louisiana. <laughs> okay. Be somewhere in Louisiana, because that's that's how high my ball bounces. <laughs> Wait a second. I remember you telling me that you were going to play me in ping pong and you're like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy oh, you. And then we I played and I was like, wait a second. Here's yeah. a participant well, ribbon. Now, was, yeah, that's true. Okay, I'll give that to you. That was a bullshit game though because you brought your own fucking paddle and you know, you've got a lot of... What do you, that, what that do was, you use on the tennis court? You just pull, you just a rental? I, I bring my own racket, but with, with, with ping pong, you can't... You can't be a guy who owns his own bowling ball, his own pool cue, or his own ping pong paddle. It's not fair. And you're doing subversive bullshit, un-American tricks. You know, you're, you're cutting the ball and doing all this stuff that you obviously learned in Wuhan. And so you can take your ping pong and your, your, your corona and leave my country. <laughs> He likes good old-fashioned, straightforward ping-pong. None of this slicey, cutty. Hit it like a man that, to another man. John, that's exactly what I say. I go, you don't start hitting that ball flat, we're going to have a problem, son. Because <laughs> this is America. In America, we hit the ball flat. And I'm seeing too much of a slice and a cut. We play our there tennis on the ground. On the, ground. The, table. <laughs> on the fucking ground. <laughs> Hitting I played like state. In tennis. I made it to state in tennis. I know you don't know who I am, Callan, but I'm just going to tell you, I played <laughs> I'm impressed. State I'm in-, <laughs> in high school tennis. Here's the caveat. It was in Iowa, which is basically oh. it's, it's not wrestling country. state in tennis. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's wrestling country. But I, I cannot believe I just, my intro to you was I played state. You know who you look like? Michael Rooker, the actor right now. I'll take it. Yeah. He's, he's had a no, good, he's a good person. He's always like. good. He's a good guy. No, he's no, no, no. John figured this out a couple. John figured this out a couple episodes ago. Oh, that ago. does not feel. Take good. off your glasses. Take, take off your glasses. Watch this, he's, Brian. It's amazing. He's it's healthy it's, Haley Joel Osment. You know what? <laughs> you're, you're probably right about that. Yeah, I was I'm going to go with Rooker. I, I like Rooker. The kid is right. You guys are wrong. Just going to put that out. Kid's right. <laughs> I like your attitude, pal. So. Uh, you probably have a lot of questions for me. Shoot. <laughs> no, we're out. That's it. That's all we, wanted. Okay. All we wanted to do. Is, your we tennis wanted to, career. We wanted to find out a couple of things. We wanted to figure out how you drank your coffee, how you put that right. together. We okay, wanted to okay. find out a little bit about uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. How did that all come about where you're even friends with all those guys at Sty, uh, Sly Stallone's house? Because you're Stallone's with daughters, his, his young daughters, come to the Laugh Factory and watch stand-up. I started talking to them. They were just lovely gals. I didn't know. Okay. And then they, I said, he said, she said, my dad does that. He's an actor. I said, who's your dad? She goes, my dad's a Sylvester Stallone. And I went, <laughs> well, he's a legend. So don't just say it like that. Don't just <laughs> say it like that, of course. And then I got up and I sang karaoke. I have a beautiful voice, as both of you know. And I was crooning. And, um, and, and birds were landing on my shoulders, as they often do, even in, in the night. And they were, they got behind me and began to do backup and they don't have good voices, but I love them for having very little vanity in a town that demands so much. So then they invited me to fight night because while well, I'm starstruck and I was, I, at one point I was standing in a, in a circle with Arnold 
and and Al Pacino and and Stallone, and they were trading stories, and I was just going back. You know, I looked like I was watching a ping pong match because I was listening to them with a big smile. And Bill Burr walks up behind me and goes, "You've been here over an hour. Get over it." <laughs> And I haven't, so yeah, it was pretty cool. Now, the picture I saw had uh, Arnold in the background looking not so happy, and your caption was that uh, maybe he recognized you and that was why, because you'd done the Arnold impression and stuff like that. I meant, was that just for fun, or was that was no, there really I, he something No, he that? definitely knows n- not who I am. He does not know <laughs> who I am. But I did have dinner with him, with John Leguizamo, when I was shooting a movie called Ride Along in Atlanta, and it was just me... John Leguizamo, Arnold, and his assistant. And, and I had read a book on California politics by Michael Lewis called Boomerang. And I had a lot to talk to him about. So we actually had a great conversation. About what? What do you talk to? What, how do you bring that about, up? About, about how little power a governor actually has. Right. About how, you know, whenever you talk to people who are real politicians and you hear the inner machinations of local politics and how you get things done, you realize that whenever you talk about politics as a civilian like us, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's always very humbling. It's like anything else. Anytime you get into uh, a conversation about something with somebody who does it, so it can be a SEAL Team 6 guy or whatever. My, my buddy Andy Stumpf loves to ask me. He shows me video or movies of fight scenes uh, where guys, soldiers are doing things. And he says, now what's wrong with this? And I'm always <laughs> like, I don't know. He's laying cover. You know, and then he'll tell me that I'm a tactical asshole, and this is why. So, you know, when you get into the details of anything, when you when you get to the level of detail and you're trying to solve a problem, you realize that many of your opinions are 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 just that they're opinions, they're attitudes, they're not thoughts. So, it's always humbling. But what I'm, did I'm you bringing... find? You're talking to him about the even trying to get something passed through legislation, all the deals that have to be made. Oh or my what's... God! Yeah. I mean, he told a story about water. He said, there's plenty of water. We just have to allocate it to the farmers. There's different people we can allocate. Just take the water you're not using and bring it over here. And these Republican senators came to his office and said, well, hold on. You know, uh, the problem is I can't tell my constituents that they're going to lose water. I won't get reelected. That sounds like weakness. So what you're going to do is make a speech about it, and then we're not going to pass it but you'll look good doing it and we'll just create a lot of noise around it and act like we're doing something, but nothing will happen. That's politics. And, you know, people who know Sacramento or Chicago, well, they'll tell you these things. It's going to be very hard for you, sir, as a Republican governor or whoever you might be, to get anything done depending on who the supermajority is. And in California, it's Democrats. In other states, it's Republicans. And you know, so it, it's it's very interesting. But when you get into local politics, I mean, good luck. You've got major interests who are contributing way more money than you or any of your friends ever could. And and so what happens is when Congress is in session, what they're talking about is not not you know what people like you and I need. What they're talking about is the swipe fees that banks are charging us every time we put our ATM card into a goddamn machine because that's where the money comes from. If you're a congressman, you spend 40 to 60, even 70% of your time, and I'm not kidding about that number. It's been well documented. Across the street, you can't do it on government grounds, so you get in your car across the street from the Capitol, 
and you call people all day and assure them that you'll vote you'll vote you know their way that's politics man and that's what when jesse ventura was on, on my show he said something similar it's the first the first thing he learned when he got into real big politics was each party is the same they throw red herrings constantly so we bicker and then go make private deals on the side and he said i had to yeah. learn how to play that game properly in order yeah. to get the things i needed done and you can't do anything like you said like the people can bitch all they want but until he figured out how to play the game he couldn't even get into the minutiae it was all humongous stuff that he had to try to just move forward that's right so we would all we would all be um very different if we were serious about politics you play ball your ideology and your ideas and you know in some ways the founding fathers wanted government to move very slowly that that's 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 not a bad thing to have cumbersome inefficient government it, because because if if things move too quickly this is where the house and the senate come in i mean you you can't have a direct line from the people who become very hot and trend and 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 you know i suppose um very uh what's the word uh, trendy you know they're, they're, this is the new thing let's pass all these laws well the senate's there the wise men are there to say no and then the Judicial's there to say, and then the executive's there to veto it. So you you need all these checks and balances, and you need these conflicting interests. You know, it's like whenever they, 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 when you make laws, it's like making sausage. It's very messy. Um, my my worry about politics today is that there's just too much money in politics. You know, that, I don't know if we're off topic here with this podcast. I might be boring. I your like it. Yeah, but but Citizens United. Uh, if you could just you throw will. every once in a while, if you could just throw in my cock. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I was going to show you, I'm going to take my pants off in a second and show you guys what I'm working with, because that's the good news. So that's the good news. So and every time you feel like you're interest, on a topic, just say, I have to come, and then do yeah, it. Yeah, well, no, 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 I don't do that. I just go, I won. That's right. <laughs> here's yeah, my, I won. Here's my Citizens United sound. Oh. Yep. We all, oh, this we guy's getting a, this guy's getting quite the belly on him. That's what I said. <laughs> we all have hold a talent. Like, we all have a thing we wish we could calend when we ejaculate, because mine used to be, and it wasn't even you, but it's turned into you now. It's like, I give you life. That's what I always <laughs> wanted to say. Yeah, I say this, I say, here comes the baby batter, let's not waste it. So I say stuff like that. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, disgusting. What kind of podcast is this? Here's mine, yeah, here's uh, mine. Done. Uh, done. You're welcome. No, you say dust, I'm old, sorry. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. <laughs> You're welcome. That's for you. Wrap it. This is for you. <laughs> anyway, discussion. Citizens Sorry. United. Citizens United. Just we had a break for. It was like an, Just an a cop break. It's an it's action movie break. where we had a little bit of comedic relief. Now we're back. That's right. It's just it right. Would be me holding me holding my piece like a dead carp. carp. <laughs> it's like when somebody tries. <laughs> like somebody cries during a documentary, like, can we take a break? Can we take a little cock break, guys? Get a little thick. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm going to give my dead carp some air. 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 Is that, you know, does he call his dick a dead carp? Well, look at him. Look at him. Look at him. He's all heavy and fucking that cock lazy. Is 4% body fat. Yeah, this guy. This guy's got a diamond shaped piss hole. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> And then just and then you have somebody throwing up in the corner as I'm talking. 
You always have to have my assistant. My assistant is just ralphing in the corner as I pull out my dead car. Anyway. Citizens United. Anyway, Citizens. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Citizens we're talking United. about special interests. Fuck, man. Pulling. You guys lead me down this road to hell here, and, and I apologize to your listeners for all of it. No. Well, I want to hear about Citizens United. You talk about too much money in politics. Yeah. I mean, well, the, the, there's Citizens United said that really there was, if you, if you look it up, it used to be there was a cap on, essentially, you, you can spend as much money as you want on, on an election, depending on if you're a super PAC or whatever it might be. And, and there's just too much money. When, when you're a politician, you're going to vote the way, for the most part, um, your largest donors want you to vote. It, it, it's human nature. It's not even that they're corrupt necessarily or bad people. It's just that you feel obligated to people when it's, they help you out. It's like working right? a ref in a basketball game, right? The coach works yes. the ref. So the ref wants to essentially be liked. So you work the ref over and then they'll give you some calls just uh, you know, out of instinct. It's not even trying to. Yes. It's just, it starts happening. Yes. And that, that's what it's the give and take of the real world. It is the give and take of the real world. And, and I guess the, the, the worry becomes, if, I don't think you want the, the deepest pockets and the loudest voices always calling the shots. The problem is the Supreme Court called Citizens United a free speech. You're allowed to petition your government and you're also allowed, i.e. lobby, and you're also allowed to give money to causes that you believe in. So it's a very sticky thing. So I, in, in principle, I agree with it, but at the same time, it's, I, I believe it's caused a lot of problems. Well, see, I've always believed in, uh, to cut you off here, sorry, but for a second, yeah. I've always believed in lobbying's fine as long as it's yeah. out in the open. So you know who's lobbying and you can see it, and then you can see the favors being given, right? If you can yeah. see that, if it's behind closed doors, that's when you go, I don't know who they're paying the favors back to. But when it's out yeah. in the open, if it were all out in the open, you go, well, it's obvious what they're doing here, and that's why they hide it all. So you Well, don't- you know, but J- James Madison, I think it was James Madison, said that, that special interests will always be a factor in government, but they, they will cancel each other out, right? Um, my worry is that there are two things I'm worried about. One is, is that as wealth becomes more consolidated, it, is, it becomes easier for um, smaller groups of people to influence the way politicians vote. And they will invariably vote for that particular donor's interests more than you and I, because we're just not involved in politics. We're not giving money. We're not, we're not consequential. Um, and the other thing I'm very worried about is the fact that there are very few people controlling the information highways YouTube has enormous power and they are censoring, uh, you know, maybe sometimes or most of the time for the best, but it's a very sticky and dangerous thing when Facebook and YouTube, where millions, hundreds of millions of us get our information and sometimes only information from that, when they are deciding that certain things are for our eyes and other things are detrimental. That's what I worry about because it's, it's not that these people are bad, they're responsible and they're probably good people, but you know, it's, it's, it's impossible not to be biased as a human being. I am, we all are. And you're going to, you're going to uh, 
you're going to in, invariably put your stamp on what we are allowed to see, if that's the case. So it raises the question, is everything allowed? You know, what happened was YouTube said, look, these very slick groups, including these Russians, are putting on these, um, these, these very elaborate, convincing videos that vaccines of all kinds are dangerous for your children. And they were not rooted in science. They were malicious. They were being done by Russians and some other people who had an interest in this. And it just was, you know, and, and other things like vitamin C and turmeric are very good for COVID and keep COVID at bay, and so does vitamin D3. Well, that's not sound medical advice. That, that, that advice is, you know, and so YouTube said, this is dangerous. People are believing this and we have to do something. I understand. So I don't know what I would do about the problem, but it is a problem. And I, so those are the two things I worry about, special interests and, and, and who is controlling the information highway. The S&P 500, the Dow, you can't, five companies, Facebook, Google, Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon, they, 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 are, they are essentially, they, they hire, they, they probably hire very few people in relation to the population of the United States, but they control half the pie. They, they are, they make up a huge portion of our economy. If you were to look at a graph, if you were to look at a stock market or, or the S&P 500, the rest, everybody else has a tiny sliver of it. So wealth is being concentrated in very few hands. And that's good. That's bad. That's both. But it is a changing world. And we have to figure out what that means and how to deal with it. These are very important issues that if you don't get involved with them, they're going to get involved in you. And, and, and the last thing I'd say is that it's not a far-fetched to think that China or some other country, but let's use China as an example since it's been in the headlines, gets a, invests its fair share in these companies and its subsidiaries and maybe has some undue influence. You know, YouTube won't allow you to say anything bad about the WHO from what I understand. And the WHO has been... You know, China has a lot of influence on them. So these are things, this is not conspiracy. This is just stuff that people are talking about that, I, that I've kind of been like, wow, this is scary stuff. I'm not sure what to do about it. Well, I know a few people that have been shadow banned on Twitter just for, yeah. in, in, in fact, Dennis Miller, who was on this show months ago, it, I love Dennis. Know, we tweeted out something and uh with a video and it, it didn't show up like he tagged me and it didn't show up in any of my mentions or anything like that i texted one of his people and said what's going on and they're like well, it's a thing called sh shadow banning I'm like i know it i've just never actually seen it in action before and i'm like yeah that's dennis miller that's kind yeah, of crazy i mean i could see uh alex jones being shadow banned because there's yeah. there, there's some danger there but yes. it's Dennis Miller. It's even though yeah. he's got a point of view and he's coming from a further right, although somewhat more of a libertarian view than far right mm -hmm. conservative. That's a, it's it's joking. In, you that's know, exactly and, right. And having that's fun. Exactly and that's right. that's the thing that scares me. You, you, you were at my house years ago. You did a portrait of yourself for me. And uh, <laughs> yes, it yes, was incredible. In but uh, we were talking, I don't know how far you get into like some of these little political things, but we were on the same page and a lot of stuff. And you were, you were just talking about how it's weird when people start, like you're doing now, people start making decisions on in, in terms of uh, mental illness. Where's mental illness? Where do you start to define that line? And if it goes, 
to something, if you can draw along political lines, you can start saying, let's use guns as an issue. Somebody will say, oh, well, you're, you're mentally ill. You can't get a gun. Well, who's defining what mentally ill is at that point? That's it's, right. There are some That's that right. are very easy to figure out, but there are some that are like, I think you just don't like my politics on this. And it, that, that, that's, that's why I go back example. to the Constitution. That's why I go back to the Constitution with that stuff. The founding fathers were very aware of how flawed we all are as human beings. That's what the genius of that document was. My God, I mean, the idea that, you know, none of us, I look, I, I, I think of myself as a good person. I can talk to you about, you know, the Constitution. If you put me in charge of the world, I would try to make it in my own image. I'd have, I'd have all my points of view and I'd be wrong. You know, one of the good things about being 53, you look so much younger, but one of the good things about being 53 is that you realize you've been wrong way more than you've been right, you know? Well, then um, why do we always say to expect the politicians to be better than us if we are more wrong than we are well, right? Well, we shouldn't. We shouldn't expect the politicians to be better than us, but that is where checks and balances come in. That's where the First Amendment comes in. That's where the Bill of Rights comes in, precisely because human beings are flawed, precisely because we are not we reason rationality and mathematics will not get you out of the woods every single time in fact it might get you deeper into the woods reason rationality mathematics uh clear-headed thinking has gotten us into things like eugenics <laughs> i mean they they have there are ways you can make a reasoned argument for getting rid of people who drain our resources as it has been done in history. Like, I don't know, people who aren't as it quote unquote as intelligent, you know, all this bullshit. There was some white supremacist who was talking about weighing brains and there was a difference in the weight of different race races and their brains. You know, you, you can get into this crazy mathematics that justifies e any kind of evil. So we have to be very careful of that. Like to me, the, like the perfect example of that, the reason to constitute, like you can't trust the masses to, to understand nuance. So they did a pretty cut and dry kind of thing. And it's on, it's on display today, especially here in Arizona when we've reopened this COVID thing, where everybody's like, why is the government handling this so poorly? And then no matter Democrat or Republican armed us with information and said, wash your hands, stay distant, wear a mask, do this, just help us out, do these things. The day society opened, we piled back up into big balls at bars and restaurants and said, why are <laughs> yeah. they doing such a bad job? Because we, you're right, we do everything in our own way. Like, I'm fine, so it's fine. And instead of thinking of the masses or of the group, we're like, why, are the, why isn't anyone fixing this? And of course, government, yeah. like I always say people lean on government way too much to solve all their problems because we're not willing to lift a finger. All we're yeah. being asked to do for two months is nothing. Yeah. Nothing was what they asked us to do. And that was out of the, out of the question. Americans no, have always been that way. Americans have always yeah. been. Uh, uh, I mean, Americans, you know, remember, I think it was when John Adams and, and Jefferson uh, had the debate in the biggest debate, I think, in that in that presidential. I'm sorry if any historians are listening because I'm, I'm, I have a lot of flaws in holes in my. But, but I think one of the larger debates was, should we have a standing army? The founding fathers, the American people were very weary of a standing army because historically a charismatic leader would take control of that standing army and impose martial law and dictatorship and everything else. Americans have always been very wary and rightly so of any kind of central overreaching authority, which is why we have something called executive overreach and why it's challenged in the Supreme Court when that happens in the state Supreme Court and finally in the federal Supreme Court. Um, 
So th these are these are kind of important things. But keep in mind that this country, this incredible experiment was founded on a very interesting principle. This constitutional co scholar was talking about this. I can't remember his name. And he said that, 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 that all men are created equal and, 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 and um, what is it that all that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Um, uh, uh, some, somebody finished that sentence. I'm, I'm having a brain. <laughs> I'm old. I'm going to make and, it right. And, and, and have the right certain inalienable rights among which are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life, think about this. We are entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Not happiness, but the pursuit of happiness. Think about how general that is. Think about how much leeway the founding fathers gave to the everyday man. I'm st by the way, except unless you were black or Malaysian right. or Indian or anybody else besides white. So I'm, I, I understand, guys. I'm, I'm, in context, though, we, st we use that now for all races, thank God. But life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's a very general thing. You, can, you have the right to life, you have the right to liberty, and you have the right to pursue happiness any way you want, uh, provided you're not stepping on other people's rights. So and it, and I always even thought that was amazing. It's self-evident. I mean, it's part of that is self-evident. It's what you know to be right. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Yeah, yeah we, we think these things are unquestionably true without saying them, but here they are anyway, because deep down they knew you know what's right and wrong, but we still have to hold your hand through it. And I don't yeah. see like Facebook, like everybody's always worried. I, this has just recently changed for me in the last probably two weeks is that I started thinking about some Dennis Miller actually, again, had a joke a long time ago when he's like, global warming is, is something we need to look into climate change and all that. And he said, but I don't like that we're basing it off of climate from a hundred years ago where Jed would go out to his barn and say, here's how much it rained and here's the temperature with the equipment he had. And I yeah. start, I always tell people this when they say, oh, it's the toughest time to be a child. The internet said, it's tough if we were kids because we don't get it. That's all they know. So the information that comes in, Facebook can't monitor and all that other stuff is the same as idiot next door on the farm in Kansas wandering over telling you what he heard from his neighbor who heard from his neighbor. That's how information used to get to people. Yeah, that's right. So we've never had a quality information system. It's just now everyone's got a bullhorn. A lot of people are wrong and nobody really knows what the truth is because they scream out what they want it to be. So nobody's listening and that's never been different. You just that's, hit something that's though. interesting. Yeah. You just hit something there that you said it used to be the telephone game, right? Rumor, rumor, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, something would get passed down. It would change, change, right. change, change, change. Now you can do it on the internet and we can just see it. So it's always happened. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just more and it's faster now. That's misinformation it. has always been out there. It's just at light speed now. That's yeah. the big well, difference. That, that's the Robert Evans quote I love. There's, there's your side of the story. There are three sides to every story. Your side, my side, and the truth, and nobody's yeah. lying. You know, we, yeah. all, we all see the world the way we see the world. So you're, you're, I do think one of the things that Rogan and I used to, we'd, we'd do these podcasts back in the day, and we would pontificate, and both Joe and I back in the day had a lot of opinions. And then what would happen was somebody who knew better would, would correct us, because they had something called Google. And they go, whatever the fuck you were saying is wrong. And we were like, and Joe and I were like, we have to be more careful with what we say now, dude, because like, there are people listening, and they, they, they let you know. It's, it's, and it's that's good. That's good that it they good. do. It's great. You know, they, they send it's you great. on the right track. And if yeah, you're, don't you hate it though when you're in the middle of a conversation with somebody who doesn't have an opinion or a thought and they think you're wrong and then they go like this and they start to <laughs> look 
what their thoughts are. And then they start to say, no, you were wrong. I hate being told I'm wrong by somebody that wasn't sure. And then reach. It's like, if you could imagine in the seventies at a dinner party, if your parents were talking, Oh my yeah. God. It, yeah. Quiet. Hold on. I it's thought he was going all the way. It's no, I'm not you, doing it right now. Like, let's yeah, say uh, we're, all, we're all at a dinner and it's 1980 and I say something and Frank gets up and goes, no, and grabs an encyclopedia and starts thumbing through to make sure what I said. You're like, what an asshole. Yeah, Just, like, we do it now and it's totally okay to be like, no, I'm out to get you. And I'm yeah. going to do it immediately. But before it was like, yeah, you just take on Uncle Joe with a grain of salt. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's wrong. It doesn't affect me. I got my own shit. But for some reason now, it affects yeah. everybody if the guy at the table says something that's wrong. That's right. That's right. I thought that's the exactly Citizens right. United thing was interesting because, you know, McConnell is the one who was pushing that through. That He made his oats, basically. That was his first big thing that he was pushing through. And it was a lot of people thought the Koch brothers, he was kind of trying to protect them because they wanted to put a bunch of money in. And now there's a lot of talk is there's one person that could upend the election the other direction this time, and that's Bloomberg. Because Bloomberg has the media opportunities, he has social media, and he also has billions of dollars to throw, which he will do if he wants to, because he hates Trump that much. So it's interesting that it started with the right wing, and now it could be impacted by the left. It just yeah, the pendulum, right. you've it's got to be careful. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You don't know what the blowback on these things is. Right. Um, it's, it, but I do think also what John was saying is we no longer even agree on the sources. If the right. sources of our information are, are legit, you know, it's like um, when I listen to CNN, they are, they are so clearly left wing. And when I listen to Fox, they're so clearly right wing. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard and I'm not kidding. Uh, I, I make a point to listen to both of them because I love it. Uh, but Tucker Carlson and Hannity, I don't think they've ever said anything bad about Trump. I really don't. I don't think they've actually ever said anything bad about him. And conversely, I don't think CNN, Don Lemon and, 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 and Joe Scarborough and then, I don't know who is, I think they might be on CNN, but I, I've never heard them say anything good. So it's really interesting. It's, it's a really strange time where I don't know where to get my objective news. It ain't the New York Times anymore. It's not the Washington Post. I mean, I suppose the Wall Street Journal is a little more responsible for now. It's really fascinating, man. Well, so, it's because so it's, not, it's not easy, Brian. It's, they, yeah. Everything's complicated and layered. And if you go yeah. back, I, I met this, I, don't, I couldn't remember his name, but he was at Kansas State and he had Obama's ear, but he was a conservative uh, professor. And I said something about uh, where money was going and, and uh, you know, tax money and stuff like that. And he, he started pointing out, he goes, well, this happened because of A. And then if you go back, well, that was the Democrats who did this. But if you go back, the Democrats did this because the Republicans did this. And they did this because, and it just kept going. It was a fight in between them, yes. which is exactly what you're talking about now which is still, they're just playing games the whole time and playing politics and not really solving the problems. A lot of times they just put a Band-Aid on- Yes, a, we, we always forget that we're trying to solve a problem and not to be married to your ideas. And that's important. Don't yeah. be married to your ideas. You know, there are ideas on the left. You may be on the right, but there are ideas on the left that might just work. And, and conversely, you know, 
and vice versa. So that's a really good point is, is, you know, kind of realizing that there, there are, there are different ways to solve this problem, but we're trying to solve a problem. When did you, you know, well, I was just going to say, when did you get sparked into so much political reading, which it's obvious you've done quite a bit. Well, yeah, my father, I've always been this way. And your I dad was reading, I was well reading Milton Friedman when I was 18 years old. I was reading Ayn Rand. I was reading uh, Charles Murray. I was reading, uh, uh, I was reading all kinds of different economists. I, I read Kissinger's books and Nixon's books. I read, I mean, I've done, I was a history major, you know, I, I've always been interested in philosophy and history. And your, and your, politics. your father, international banker or something? I remember looking at something. My father was a banker and yes, but I grew up all over the world and I grew up in a lot of these quote unquote socialist utopias. I lived in, when you live in Pakistan and you live in India and you live in Lebanon and you live in Saudi Arabia and you live in, you know, you're bo- I was born in the Philippines. I don't remember it. I was too young, but, but I was moved. And in the process, I went to communist China in 1985. I went to communist Russia in 1989. I remember being 18 years old or 17 in Russia when I saw what it was really like when people couldn't say anything about their government. I shot a movie in China recently, two years ago, because I'm very talented. But that's not <laughs> the point. But also, um, one of the things that they talk about is you're not allowed to say anything about the government. And if you do say anything critical about the government, we will send you back home. And you do a retinal scan and a, and a fingerprint at the airport. You know, so I grew up you know, in, in these countries. I saw real poverty in Africa, in Yemen, in countries that most people weren't going to in the 70s um, and in the early 80s. I went back to Lebanon in 1981 uh, and saw my childhood home that was no longer there. I saw what civil war had done to that country. So, you know, you, you're a kid, you, you, you start to realize that um, I'm very lucky and I'm very lucky because I'm an American. Yeah. And I'm very lucky because what does that mean? How come? Why America? Why do I feel safe in America? And why did I watch this, this terrible poverty, shanty towns as far as the eye can see, i.e. South Africa still going on, et cetera, et cetera. Well, why did I get so lucky? Why have I never gone hungry for one day? Why does my country make me feel safe? And then you start to kind of, you start to investigate that. It comes out of guilt. And by the way, compassion. You know, these are, these are, these, so, so the, the wonderful saying, I've been using it a lot lately. If you don't get involved with politics, politics will get involved with you. And, and pick up a history book if you think I'm lying about that. And you better get involved in local politics too, because things change around you before you know what the hell's going on. I you said know, the same conversation with my in-laws this weekend. They can bitch and cry about Trump and whoever's president all they want. They don't even know who their local representative is. So if you're not involved in that's that. That's what matters. That's all yeah. that matters. They can change that's it on you in a second. And all they have to do is post a note, which is insane. What's funny about what you said, though, is having been all over the world, I have a friend who lives here named Janny Dang, and he's one of the lost boys of the Sudan, which is just an unbelievable. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Janny's been here. He basically, as a, as a uh, seven-year-old or eight-year-old, uh, was the third oldest guy out of 500 to cross the Sudan and then have to cross it again because he went to one side, I think Kenya first. I don't remember if I'm right or wrong on that. It might've been Ethiopia. They said, you're not coming in here, gaggle of kids. So they had to walk wow. and traverse the entire nation. When they were done, there were 20 left. They had been wow. poverty, death, animal attacks. They 
uh, you know, yeah. they're, they're all yeah, in the Sudan, the Sudan, yeah, the, the, yeah. Sudan, the desert is not, yeah. But Janny's here the now. Sahara Desert, yeah. He's been here since he's 18, uh, maybe. He might have been somewhere between 18 and 23. He's around my age, they're not sure. But I'll go to dinner with Janny and he'll bitch about appetizers. And I told him, do you realize how America <laughs> bun you on your ass? That's in hilarious. 30 years that he's like, the chicken I got five minutes ago has arrived with my main dish. And I'm like, you, you drank your own piss to get that's out of so something. great. And, that's and, hilarious. But, it, but Ameri- that's how special this actually is. And for us to be petulant teenagers and scream and yell about how awful it is, every time I think of that, I think of how fast it turned to third world, like the fifth world. This guy's way past the worst of oh, the yeah. world. And oh, made yeah. him someone that goes to Applebee's and has a right to say these fucking potato skins are cold. That's what we do. And we take it for granted to a point that is nauseating. I'm as guilty as anybody else. But, but, but man- we also, but, but, you know, again, and, and, and it's important to know why we have the luxury of taking it for granted. You know, the, the legend goes when Ben Franklin came out of that room after they, they drafted something called the Constitution in Philadelphia. And he was the oldest guy by far in that room. Everybody else was in their 30s. Um, and uh, when they, 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 came up with the constitution which is just incredible um the 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 legend whether it's true or not i don't know but the woman said what did you do in there what did you what did you and he said we created a republic madam if you can keep it and yeah it's a great it's a great thing to keep in mind that we can lose our republic lawrence lessig constitutional scholar at harvard um he he wrote a book called republic lost and he talks about what special interests and in lobbying has done to this country it's well, I, depressing. You can lose your country before you know it. You I can think lose your country. The fact that we're a republic right now is really important because there are experiments going on with different states opening up at different times and trying different things. That if everybody was doing the same thing, we wouldn't know. We, you know, it, it's, yeah. there are some consequences, and it can be yeah. both ways. You think staying closed is the right thing to do, but there are people going stir crazy. There's mental illness going on. There's all sorts of stuff. People, children being with, abused, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, terrible things, and it's life traded out for life. Um, you know, the, the people just a lot of times. What's straight in front of you is the easiest to, to see. But there are so many other uh, aspects to this. And I think the Republic even ties in with a lot of the stuff you were talking about before, too. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, one thing I really wanted to get in here with you was, so you're traveling all over the world. Is your dad a serious guy? Because I know in your yeah. act, he's, it's, it's, um, he's amazing. He's like, he's amazing. He's a man. No, my, dad, my, dad's, my dad's a, you know, an Irish kid from wisconsin uh, who who was what a part? marine he's uh, a brown deer oh sure Milwaukee. right, right. i-43 uh, there you go and yeah. and he's uh he's all he's just a big old irish you know six foot four and just just grew up drinking milk and fucking eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> just a, he's just too big he's just a big giant man in and, shape uh, like you, like that kind of? No, nobody's in shape like me, as you know. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I suppose sorry. if you were to take a cheetah and stretch human skin over it. <laughs> but anyway, no. I mean, very few people have my, my fast twitch muscle and my explosivity. Is that a word? Um, no, he's not in shape, but he's way stronger than me. I wouldn't want to tussle with him. Although he's going to be 80 in a couple of days now. <laughs> you still don't so. want to fight your dad at 80. So he's, I don't think so. He's got, he, 
Yeah. Have you scrapped with your dad? My dad's 72, and he and yeah. goofing around, he picked me up off the ground to tell me it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, you're, to well, you, you probably come from big Germanic or Polish stocks. You're Swedish. Uh, you're Swedish, of course. What the fuck? You're Swedish. Yeah, look at that goddamn nose. And <laughs> yeah. those eyes. Those eyes that, that are as blue you're as the Aegean. I get lost in them every time I look at you. <laughs> and I'll tell you something else, John. I don't mind saying it out loud. I'm gay. Today. <laughs> Today, every time I look at your goddamn face, I want to fuck guys. <laughs> yeah, I and, said it. And read the Constitution. <laughs> I want to read the Constitution while I do it because I'm an American gay. I think my pursuit of happiness might lie in your ass. <laughs> That's right. I That's just right. created hey, a dude. new document the That's Constitution. Right. John, do me-, <laughs> John, do me a favor make like a baboon and present. Present to me. Because the Alphas in the room. I'll never forget when you said that. One of the greatest things ever. I, I told I had one line, and Brian, it's, he liked it so much, he, he makes me present every time. Every single time. We were talking, talking about baboons presenting. Now, you guys, I've got Danny. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before. Yeah. yeah. Did, what were you going to say there? Before I. No, I just got to go. I got to go hit it hard. Today's leg day with Lou okay. I just want to get to this. How did. Um, how do you go from traveling around the world, you're seeing all this difficult stuff, uh, how other people are living, uh, the uh, you know, socialist, communist type, types of lives. Your dad's a pretty serious guy. How do you become a comedian uh, actor? How does that happen? I think because I, I was moved every two years, every year to a different country, to a different school, to a different set of kids. And the way you make the way you make friends right quick is you learn how to make people laugh. You learn, you learn human being, you learn how to communicate. What I learned from a very early age is that everybody is ashamed of something and very proud of something. And I became very good at identifying very quickly what they were ashamed of and what they were proud of. And I would protect them from what they were ashamed of and highlight what they were proud of. And you want to be around people like that. And then I realized that I could also make them laugh. And I made them laugh, they liked me even more. And then I was an okay athlete, so I, at least I wasn't the last kid picked on the team. So whenever people ask me, Brian, wh- why are you so funny and athletic? That's why, bro. That's why. Cause, and I go, because I love you? Because I love you? That's what I say, yeah. And then they go, well, how do you explain that fucking dick? And I go, this, this little old dead carp? And they go, that thing ain't dead. That thing is 10 hut as it gets. And I go, whoops, you better fucking present. And then, and then that's how my lovemaking goes. So They're going to change with, that. Only old, with guys. They're going to yeah. change that whole proverb about the fisherman teach a man to fish. You don't need to. <laughs> Just give him the carp. That's right. Give him this fucking carp. <laughs> Having a bad day? Take a bite of carp. It feeds, last- <laughs> feed a family of four. Feed a family of twelve. Just multiples of four. Hey, 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 don't fight. There's plenty of carb to go around. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last that's time you I had said. sugar? That's a, that's my other question for you. Yeah, I, I um well I'm I'm not a communist, so I don't know I don't even understand that fucking question. Sugar? What's I just that? Heard you talk, I just heard you talking about that. I, I eat no sugar, no carbs, and I want to kill the fat people. So now I'm dead. <laughs> no, bro. I, eat, I know that was my stupid uh, 
video. I eat carbs. <laughs> I mean, I, I eat carbs as long as they're green and they grow from the ground. <laughs> I'm kidding. Are you saying I carbs? Eat, You're eating carbs? That's I eat carbs man. and carbs. Yeah, I see. Uh, I meant carbs. I'll feed you yeah. a carb. I'll feed you a carb. <laughs> yeah. So I got that going for me. Damn I'm going to videotape my workout for you guys. That's the good news. And oh, can we you. use that to promote this? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And I apologize for your astonishment at how deep I squat. How deep <laughs> I squat. My ankle mobility is off the fucking charts. And I know that's always been a big thing for you, Frank. Yeah. I got crazy ankle mobility. Yeah, it's, and it's where I personally struggle. So it's it's really I like. You know that you what? Would... Well, you'll you'll take my workshop. I'll work you through it. I'll <laughs> secure your hips, and uh, and we're gonna get you. We're gonna get you moving right quick. We're gonna get some mobility in that body, and it's gonna be real good, real good. And I'm gonna smell like rawhide and steel cable because that's what I'm made of. You son of a bitch. Brian yeah. Callen, everybody. And you and you, state champion tennis player. You will have a boner. <laughs> I've had it the whole time. Thank God. Yeah, Thank God. please. This thing could cut a diamond, diamond, diamond. I'm, I'm um, thinking of you in a in a in a Greco-Roman outfit, like oh wrestling. God. Yep. Uh, yep. I went to University of Iowa, so I can imagine it. I, I lived with those wrestlers. Dan yep. Gable was hitting on my wife in college. Wow, I went to Dan Gable's wrestling camp when I was a junior in high school, which is where I got these traps in this fucking neck. Yeah. I fucked him. <laughs> you fucking, you fucking Viking. Animal. You could not do that with Animal. I he fed Johnny. carp. He didn't have a choice. He didn't have a choice. Johnny. <laughs> Johnny probably owns a longboat. Careful. Carefully, he'll come fucking sailing in. If he, if you're landlocked, he'll wheel that thing in <laughs> with his horned helmet, and he'll give you a horn. <laughs> Guys, I think we covered a lot of ground, huh? Yeah, you, you did you, you, yeah, much more than I even expected, and it was fantastic. Always yeah, thank you. I love you guys. You knew that was going to happen, though, didn't you? Look, I got a couple tricks up my sleeve. A man can't <laughs> a man can't read everything, and then pull out a couple, you know couple diamonds couple diamonds of knowledge spread the wealth a little bit i'm the bad guy now because everybody learned a shitload in an hour <laughs> get All back right. here hurry up get out of the house get over here yeah i miss you guys i promise i will promise you're the best Thank you, Brian. Loves you guys god bless you guys god fucking bless Go america god bless the rest of everything else all right i love you out beautiful yeah he's everything you want brian callen to be oh yeah i like that he brings so much information and is so passionate about it did i tell you the story about how the end of our uh, like last year you were part of our uh, the radio show's happy ending show with callen and adam ray and you and uh did did a full night just like just ridiculous night everybody was fantastic and delia showed up uh to oh, surprise delia was there that's right i forgot about that yeah. it was just an amazing night so I may have said this already, if I have, stopped me, but we went out, Callan and I, after the show with Adam Ray and a bunch of people, and there's this girl with, with Brian. I don't know if he's all that public. I know he's public that he's, he's divorced now, but uh, I don't know that he was getting too into it at the time, but everybody there knew. And there was this girl with him, and he was getting kind of 
like it seemed like maybe they they were connecting and then at the end of the night at two in the morning in downtown phoenix there's absolutely nobody out it's december 21st and uh he's he's she's with him like it's a go he hasn't done anything he turns out we're all waiting for an uber and he goes johnny it's been great i'll talk to you later and he's adam ray fantastic stuff and he grabs this girl by the face and go you you're fantastic and he leads and she's there in the middle of a major city alone with me and Adam Ray. And we're like, what do we do with her? And she just kind of slunk behind this electrical box and got herself an Uber. And I'm like, God, this is bad. I can't like if her Uber never comes. We're just leaving this girl in the fifth largest city in America by herself, just alone. And his, he did the Fredo, grabbed her by the cheeks. You're fantastic. <laughs> vapor and i'm like that's the coolest exit i've ever seen do you think he plans that stuff or you think it just happens and he impulse and he goes i i can't think that he planned it but i think in his head he's like i gotta get out of this i gotta get out of this i gotta get out and that just happened if you just calendar on the way out if that's Here's my theory yeah he's 53 okay but he's in amazing shape he eats perfectly he's flexible but at two in the morning, he's still Sleepy. 53. And he's like, this is a lot more work ahead. Yeah. I don't know if I've got it in me. Good night. Is a 15-minute car ride worth a 15-minute romp yeah. with her? I got to get rid of her now. I'm going right Yeah, to 53. I, you, I don't know. You may be right. I, but, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Me and Adam ran for our lives, and that's the chivalry in America in 2020. It's like, let's get out of here before she starts asking us for stuff. And we just left. <laughs> we didn't even give her a you're fantastic. We just ran away. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm still, uh, I'm still trying to get over the Walton hangover. So Yeah, I still don't. Uh, I've been trying to explain that to people. And they, like, everybody wants to place human characteristics on it when I'm like no you don't understand he just started a story and they're like so you asked him one question I'm like no he just started talking <laughs> and 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 you play a clip of it and it's like I can't explain to you what that is and how we got there because none of it makes sense it's still the strangest hour of interview not interview in my life uh yeah Here. and uh, I, people are loving it that's the thing which is I, I'm sure some people think it's the weirdest most terrible thing in the world I kind uh, of am on well, I can't listen to it. No, <laughs> I tried. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, because we lived it, Scott. You can't go back to Titanic. Yeah, that's true. And, and I love him. I mean, I yeah. love him and I respect him as a basketball player. I mean, he's one, he's either the best college basketball player ever or Jabbar. I mean, yeah. they're it. So I have so much respect for him. I grew up a Celtics fan. I love Larry Bird. He loves Larry Bird. But I just, I wanted to get out of there during the whole <laughs> thing. You were oh, about. I wanted it to keep going. I and wanted I it. know you did, Frank. You're yeah. different. I couldn't. That's ugh. me. I was the same. I, I couldn't believe what was happening. I wasn't sure if it was good, and I never wanted it to end. It was. Yeah, I, what you guys weird. don't know is I put a note at the beginning of it saying that it doesn't make sense. I, I prefaced oh, the, yeah. the recording, and John and I had talked about this a little bit, uh, or quite a bit, and we left it completely unedited, and I prefaced it with, you just have to let go that, uh, of your preconceived notion of what a podcast should be. That yeah. if you just let it go and understand this is Bill Walton being Bill Walton, and we can't stop him, yeah. you can enjoy this at, a, at an unbelievable level. Now, if you can't put that aside, it's not going to make sense. And it was yeah. also, I you know, kind of gave the... Um, 
let people know, hey, this isn't what a normal podcast is because it isn't. It's it's not. But well, it had no it had no boundaries and parameters as, as far as just the squares we're in on the Zoom. That's as far as the boundaries were. I still don't know that I could have a conversation like that and not understand. But I, you're, I'm with you, Frank. I didn't want it to end, and I couldn't tell you why that is because I've, it was an experience. It's like seeing a new color. He was a human acid trip. I never, I <laughs> That's perfect. I told you it, it was like the movie Joker. Yeah, because exactly. you watch yeah. it and you're like, this is incredibly well done. I don't need to see this again. Yeah. I never want to watch this a second time because why? But it was insane. But yeah, people have to listen to that with a grain of salt going, look, the guys couldn't control this. Just sit back and watch something you've never seen before. It was weird, but I, I loved I mean, it and didn't get it at the same time. Yeah, people are, I've got people saying things like 30 minutes in and I need my third tissue. They're yes, It's like it. a Stanley Kubrick movie. Like somewhere in it there, was. you're like, what am I watching? And, and I Clockwork love it. Orange. I, yeah, I don't know if this is an actual story or not, but I love it. Clockwork okay. Carrot Top. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave Pash coming in and basically saying, this is him. This is how he is all the time. Yeah. It was, that's what made it even more special to me because you knew it wasn't an act then. Because yeah. Yeah. we're not totally sure, does he turn that on? Does he turn it <laughs> off? And Dave's just shaking his head. And there, there seemed to did be. Did you guys get any feeling in the middle of it? You're like, oh my God, did we break him? Is this like, is this never going to yeah. end? Yeah. Is this something we just discovered? Is this that moment? Is he broken? And Pash is like, nope, totally normal. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. good. Well, no, that was, that was what I, you know, because I would worried a little bit that I thought, hey, this guy's, uh, something's wrong. And mm-hmm. there is, but it's, you know, in the perfect way possible. But, but with there Pash, is. With Pash saying, no, this is, this is just what you get. I was like, yeah. okay, then I have no problem putting it out there as much as possible. So, it's, it's Has he done any other podcasts like this? Does anybody know? No, nobody will let him on that long. They won't. They won't <laughs> right. Yeah, nobody, but so part of it is the fact that we can do the impressions and we talk about them a lot. That yeah. helps in that type of situation, and you get more out of it. If he had ever stopped, somebody, yeah. somebody else texted me, uh, 30 minutes of extreme action, would you please stop interrupting him? That's, that's, <laughs> it was our fault. And here's the funny that part. That was so I think, good. I think, Frank, you and I had an idea of how we're going to do this little dance with the three Waltons. And realized very quickly that none of that was going to transpire. And it was up to him. It had, we had no bearing on how we could interject a Walton in there because you could never be more Walton than him. No, no and there was no, there was no pause, first of all. No. But there are moments I saw on one of the pr- uh, 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 promotional things I put out that Bill, when you started talking and doing the Bill Walton the first time, he didn't know where it was coming from because my mouth wasn't moving. And I had told him... <laughs> multiple times you also did it the setup was that you did a bill walton impression and he's still just going you can see in his head going where's that coming from i would venture to guess that bill is standing quietly occasionally hearing bill walton talk and wondering where it's coming from every day i think there was a piece of that that he did like he didn't know if it was actually (laughs) us or him talking am i thinking this or is that a guy Anyway, back to the dragon. <laughs> the pterodactyl dragon. We should have been angel and devil on his shoulder. Oh, we were. Yes. Yeah, well, kind of. I don't think they can get a word in. No. <laughs> no, no. The angel and the devil, like, just let him go. It's pointless. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for being a part of getting uh, Callan involved here, uh, John, because... Uh, easy peasy. Yeah, he was... Uh, that, was that was a treat. And I did not expect to get... I guess I should have because he's he's an intelligent guy, and then uh, 
he's uh, fun to talk to like just yeah. generally as a friend like I, I haven't hung out with him a lot but every time i have it's like man it's fun because it's always on a surface level but if you want to talk about stuff he's no nonsense if he doesn't know he says so if he does he's not going to bullshit with you and he's never like it, it's never a talk down the guys he's very well, smart that's, that's well, why i like talking actual politics with him uh when yeah. he, i don't know how much you know i didn't want to get into anything too much here because i don't know how far he goes although he's a a rogan guy so they usually will be pretty forthright with stuff but one of the you know and i he's kind of like me i think kind of like all of us is like somewhere in the middle and just just looking for honesty and truth from politicians and not finding a lot of that yeah. and uh he's just he's just it, it, he articulates well and uh has enough knowledge that you learn a little something from him in that way kind of like you know dennis miller where you're going geez you you knew more on that subject than i'd expected and you're able to turn it into comedy at points so that's pretty cool and don't forget about my cock. <laughs> that was maybe was, my, that my, juxtaposition that was constantly going on. I bet has never been done anywhere else. And I'm I'm thinking of Prince, where Prince would, would talk about sex, and then in the same song he'd be talking about God. And it was always <laughs> like, what is going on here? This is so weird. I don't even know if it's right. And Brian Callen is like like this Harvard scholar who also loves to be andrew dice clay at the same time it's just beautiful all right guys well i'll talk to you next time but uh, until then you were fantastic fantastic goodbye now goodbye now